Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello, hello, and welcome to Under the Floodlights, where this week Wreck-It Ralph takes the United players who could be bothered to show up across town for a lesson. Ted Lasso takes charge of his first game with Leeds. <laughs> the other Ralph can't cheat his way out of another heavy defeat at Aston Villa. It's 2015 again as Coutinho and Eriksson light up the Premier League, and Arsenal are going to have it. Bit of trouble picking up who's going to win goal of the month this month. I'm Bailey Hutchison, mm. and with me as always is Chris Ringland. Chris, how are you? Uh, yeah, good. Um, brutal, brutal start to Jesse Marsh's reign under the floodlights. I yeah, he is just going to be Ted Lasso until he wins a game of football. And Ted Lasso was even mentioned in the commentary, but we'll we'll, it, we'll get to him later. Yeah, it's genuinely like awful for the guy. I feel bad doing it. <laughs> But until <laughs> until he gets three points, that's what he's getting from me. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go on to a manager who Jesse probably has more of a clue of than at the moment, and that's Wreck-It Ralph Ranjik. Uh Shocker in the Manchester derby yesterday. No, I think, well, I think it should be fair to say that uh, they were quite good in the first half. But I hated everything about this derby. <laughs> right, so where are you starting? I, I hear everything about this. First of all, Jaden Sancho scoring and not celebrating. Talk me through that, Bailey. He's getting well, booed right before he scores and he so we, still we, doesn't celebrate. Okay, I'll start in the booing, actually. I don't get the booing because right. this is a guy who left your academy, went to <laughs> Germany, and has now come back. Like, why do you care? I don't get that bit at all. Like, if you wanted him, yeah. he was on your books. Play him. That's yeah. not on him. Do not boo the guy. I think there was a comment from Peter Drury on commentary. Obviously, we didn't get. I've seen this on Twitter after, and his comment was something like, "From an from a city or from an ad- adolescent city player to a man at Man United." I was like, "He's thought about that for months. <laughs> He's had that one in the chamber forever," which disgusted me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I was actually surprised. Sancho actually got a goal because the, the way United set up, it was yeah, the most bizarre awesome. setup of a football team ever to play four two 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 with two midfielders as your strikers. Yeah, I I don't know what was going on there to be honest. Um, but but yeah, I I wasn't about Sancho not celebrating against Manchester City. Uh, the defending from United was absolutely horrific. When Wambasaka got shoved off the ball by Phil Foden, when Lindelof. Just like ran, not out, a great look. Didn't run back, phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that moment there. If Southgate was watching, if Southgate's watching, he can never call up Wambasaka because all the <laughs> boys first day of training are gonna be looking at Wambasaka and be like, "Oh, he fell over there, got you, didn't he?" You know. Yeah. Uh, 
Bruno Fernandez loved the garden, of course. Uh, that was very annoying. And we also had a 15-minute spell during this match where Man City had 97% possession uh, against the father of the Gegen Press. Yeah, that particular stat whenever Sky brought it up was disgraceful, let's be honest. Like, Man City play bad teams in like the FA Cup and the League Cup and don't get that yeah. kind of stat appearing. United, whenever that stat appeared, I think were 3-1 down and had just given up on the day. It was like, they thought there's no chance of us getting back into it. Yeah. And I think that also came from a 3-1 down the substitutions they made of Rashford and Lingard, who both looked as though they don't want to be there. Uh, yeah. Um, so so that, that was so that was why Man United annoyed me um, at Man City. But the why, why it annoyed me with Man City as well. Like, this... Like when you're whole, like, I'm sure like Billy, we know there are clearly Manchester City fans who are like you know genuine fans. Yeah, there's there's the legit the ones. Yeah, L- love the you know whatever, right? Their entire club culture is like the Poznan. When have you ever heard Pep Guardiola talk about the culture of Manchester City? What is there to love about Manchester City other than? plastic success i i completely agree with it i watched that again yesterday the pause non part i just think that's so disrespectful i think it's the dumbest thing ever especially whenever you look at them and i'd say 60 percent they're all looking over their shoulder like why are you even doing it then you moron that's what cracks me up most about it it's like at least if you're going to do it commit to it yeah you know commit to being just like completely disrespectful to the other team yeah, but to sit there and look over your shoulder, you're a moron after you've paid a ten or a ticket because <laughs> you're selling tickets on uni days during the week. <laughs> let, 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 that's not a lie. I get those notifications every week saying uh, Man City tickets if you want them okay. ten or ago because because they're you're just trying to flog them because they can't sell it and whenever they do, you know, people are turning their backs. Morons. I completely just... agree with you. Like, do you know what I mean? No, like, you know, like you, you never hear Pep Guardiola talk about, oh, you know, I just love, I love the fans. I love the, I love Manchester, you know, I love Manchester. He's there because it's Kushti. Like, yeah, oh, it's the easiest like, job in like, the world for He's him. doing, like, fair, like, you know, best manager in the world, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. There's a mm. reason why he's been there for seven years. Yeah, because he, well, he currently also has no players who'll ever, like, chirp him. Right. You know what I mean? There will yeah. never be a player revolt at Man City. Right. Because he's got that much power, you know, he's got whatever stadium, he's got them stupid mascots that run around, <laughs> he's the best squad in Europe, you know, it's a gift, and it, it's just like, it's Man City. Yeah. I, it, I, I think the thing that's most annoyed me, and I we've said before on this, Man City make me feel nothing at times. One thing that is making me feel something is Mika Richards and his stupid punditry. I'm so out on Mika Richards now. What, uh, he, what in particular triggered you? I saw I saw a clip of him this morning that he posted on his own Instagram of him chanting City in Roy Keane's face. <laughs> and I was like, Mika, what have you done in the game, mate? Uh, I actually looked up, I had to look up Mika well, Richards' honours today. Look, he won the league. He, won he, was, league. Carried, he was carried the one Premier League and <laughs> carried in FA Cup. I think, to be fair, he was the right back in that. Well, Pablo's that letters as well, but I think he, I think he did play a, a part. Yeah, he played 26 games. Brilliant. 
you know, how many times has he subbed off? I'd love to look into it. But to beat Man City and to win one Premier League and a League Cup and one FA, like, come on. I, getting on like that in front of Roy Keane, I thought, you know, he's he's looking to beat this guy here. And well, he genuinely doesn't actually care about football. He only cares about getting the views up on Instagram. Cracked me up so much. Yeah, he also made a, had a quote on Match of the Day, which I will talk about later in reference to another match. Um, I love that. Yeah, because it was the same thing. There was something about... The guy asked King. King was guarding about McTominay. McTominay? The, yeah, because there's a... For the fourth goal... Oh, yeah. McTominay was just rounding past. Yeah. And he was just like, just put in a tackle. And the guy on Sky was like, what do you want him to do there? And King's like, I just want him to put in a tackle. And Mika, of course, has to get out that fake laugh. And it's like, mate, wise up. Actually just listen to the guy. And then there was a clip this morning of him arguing with Gary Neville. And the entire time, he didn't actually make any sense at this point. He just, yeah, he just kept shouting over him. I was like, why are we even doing this? Like, yeah. What is the point of actually having you there if you're just going to shout like you're on fan TV? Yeah, there was chat as well. Uh, t- there's been reports today uh, that have obviously been leaked by the players' agents, undoubtedly. No, uh, at Man United? No. <laughs> you're joking me. Where the BBC and Death Leg are both reporting that uh, Marcus Rashford is unsure of his Old Trafford future. Um, and yeah, and I don't know, and I'm sure other people are, are like, I think it's because, like, but to be fair, if you're a Man United player, right, and you've got Ralph Ragnick, mm. you know, like, well, like, you, you have no knowledge of what's going to happen next season at all. Well, yeah, well, they all know Ralph's getting the boot. I think Marcus Rashford saying he wants to go or starting to leak it a bit is quite funny because of obviously what he means to Manchester right, and Manchester right. United, you know, the entire story. Like, I wonder how how do you put a value on a player like that? I think it's interesting because I, I think he's out of contract next summer. Right. Is where I think it's interesting. But from a United perspective, for him to come out and say stuff like this, to ship him on is very tough to be like, okay, he's got, he's costs X million because of what he does and who he is off the pitch and everything. I think yeah. it's a really interesting case. But I also saw there was... What do you call the guy? Mark Ogden. I saw a tweet from him this morning. I think he's a, a some newspaper journalist. But he was tweeting this morning being like, yeah, it's it's the perfect time for United just to get rid of him. Who, Here's a tweet. Yeah, he's just like, maybe a good thing for Marcus Rashford and Man United if he decides to leave. Neither is working for each other at the moment. Both have big reputations that they aren't able to live up to. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I just think Man United have been mismanaged as a club for ten years. And oh, that, oh yeah, this like, this is my favorite part of it. Actually, it was it said would be a good statement of intent from the new manager to move him on, make it clear that no players in indispensable, and invest the proceeds elsewhere. But it also needs someone strong enough at United to let Rashford go without worrying about him succeeding elsewhere. And that's the best part. Right, but then Rashford goes, then obviously Martial probably goes, Ronaldo possibly goes, and don't get top four. Well, Lingard it doesn't matter goes. if Ronaldo goes or not, because sure, he doesn't turn up the games. <laughs> Ronaldo goes, Lingard goes, Cavani goes, then they've got no striker. They've just got a Langa. And to be fair, got... it's done really well. Uh, but then they've got <laughs> no, left. Like... That, yeah, that is the case. Yeah, that's just the Langa. So I, I think it possibly is a bit of contract baiting from Rashford. Well, it probably is. And Ragnick said that um, they pretty much can't drop any points in their last 10 games to get fourth. There's no chance they're getting fourth. Not at this point. Not the way Arsenal have been playing. Yeah. 
Um, Arsenal look a lot more composed. That United performance yesterday, I think you already talked about defenders. The defending on the second Man City goal from Harry Maguire to let the ball run through his legs oh, in the box is a disgrace. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of blaming other people in that United team. And well, in that specific goal, if you look at who you you could blame everyone you want. You look at Maguire there. You look at McTominay, Tellez. You watch Fred. Fred just stands there. Fred done as much as me. (laughs) Fred saw uh, Kevin De Bruyne run in and just stood there, hands in pockets. It was a disgrace. (laughs) Lindelof as well. I felt bad for Lindelof. Because I think it's one of the... He dove in, but obviously thinking someone more sensible might cover him, but he dives in. He just stood and, at the end f- of the box. But Foden does him, and then, yeah, he's ex- but he's expecting, you know, someone maybe competent to put the ball out for oh. a corner or something. Not expecting two more shots on target. Uh, yeah, I thought that, well, I don't know, I thought it was pathetic. But, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, United are, I have no idea where to go in. Do they want Eric Ten Hag or Pochettino or whatever they want, but, like... I don't know. It's the same old story. Yeah, that whole that whole match was just an absolute shambles from start to finish. It was it was very similar to the Liverpool game United had, where Liverpool just walked over them under all. Oh yeah, yeah. Very similar that for me. I think, especially whenever you saw the lineup immediately and story. It wasn't even the lineup. You actually heard stories about this the day before about Ronaldo not turning up and Ronaldo being dropped, and then you know, Ralph comes out and says it's a hip flexor issue. Despite this being a guy, you know, in Ronaldo who's sold this brand image for however many years about how well he looks after himself and he's this elite level athlete and technically in his age he's actually 24, not 36, 37, whatever he is. It's like, yeah, there's no way a hip flexor, if he did have an issue there, is keeping him out of a derby if he knew he was being selected. And Varane was similar too. I don't know what. What's wrong with Varane? Then hear excuses, but Varane's Varane's contributed nothing to this club. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking for Varane, Ronaldo have had a quick text each other, being like, you know what, we've however many Champions Leagues between us, we're not going to the Eddie Had to get embarrassed tomorrow. Uh, I I feel like well, yeah, Ronaldo has probably earned the right to do whatever he wants, but I know Varane's won the World Cup, but he's not like, I, I feel like we could have expected a bit more. Oh yeah, hundred percent sure. This was again every every year. United are two players away. Um, Varane this summer was the one player. You know, he was the missing piece of the jigsaw. He was going to be the Van Dyke. Yes. Other than a presentation on the first day, you know, in front of all the fans, and they got all their Instagram and LinkedIn likes out of that. Oh, why? It was, that was a big one on LinkedIn amongst the marketing people. Oh, of course. They were, all, they were all like, oh, uh, typically this costs like thousands, you know, big productions. Not all you really need to do is bring them out in front of fans. It's like, great. Show it on the pitch. Couldn't care less. Oh, I hate, oh, I, I, no. I'm also just saying how kind of like Ragnick's response of if, if a player thinks that he's not available, then I cannot force him to play. What's this about? He's the <laughs> yeah. manager. Yeah, Ralph, you're the man. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's your decision. He's you can. There's no authority. You, no, it's like you can write his name. I'd love to see what the negotiations are like this summer. Whenever Ralph's supposed to be consulting on who the next manager is. Yeah. Like you, you can't take his word seriously. Th- thanks for your opinion, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're gonna take that on board and then just throw his note away. Yeah. I also think one thing for me with Man United, 
and United fans will probably completely disagree with me and say this is sacrilegious or something. I think you need to start banning Alex Ferguson from games. <laughs> they always go to a shot of him, don't they? Yeah. They always go, and he's always sat there in the director's box, and he always seems to have a word in the ear of whoever the top man at United is. I think you need to get rid of that guy. <laughs> if he's going to games, he pays for his own ticket, and he's in the away end. He's not. He's not sat beside decision makers. Um. Yeah, well, I think because he, he does have some official role of some kind. I think that's why he's there in that way. But, I mean... Sack him from what, what do you, 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 you... What can you say to ask Alex Ferguson? But I, I just think it's one of these things. You just need to move on from that. I think they're still stuck in this thing of Fergie's Well, they've Fergie's moved on. God, they've tried to move on for 10 years and it hasn't it, gone very it, well. Exactly, but stop letting him chirp in the ear of whoever's top man saying, oh, I think he should get the job and everything, you know. He's the guy who got David Moyes the job because he's his mate. Well, uh, well, I will defend the merits of David Moyes. But yeah, but well, yeah, I know you will, but at, at the time, definitely wasn't the right decision. Oh, I, don't, he, know. Oh, I don't know. I, I think at the time, I, I don't know. I think at the time, people were like, well, of course, David Moyes, that's a natural progression after how well he did at Everton, you know. No, I only got that because Jose didn't want it. But, then the way, but, also, but also the way Fergie left that squad, you know, bringing in Zaha and Nick Pyle. I, <laughs> you, need, you need to cut him well, out. Do, yeah. ha, have him there if he wants to do meet and greets and shake hands, fine. But do not have him sat beside that new CEO because he, I think he's a bad influence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was throwing my Wilfred Zaha and Nick Pyle. It's, yeah. You know, the, the last two, or well, Nick Pyle was his last signing and then Zaha apparently just teed up for Moyes. Well, I think Zaha was literally his last sighting. Mm, Cup Fergie, yeah, I love it. The only other thing from this game for me is the interesting offside call at the end. Oh, yeah, what a load of nonsense. For, for the Mares goal, how tight it was. I just think this is the same thing happened in the West Ham game as well with how tight the offside was. I'm fine with it being onside, but I think if that's onside, you need to go back and look at Lukaku last weekend. That's just the Chelsea man. Uh, of course, yeah. And then obviously the fourth goal as well, quite funny because David De Gea went down injured, was told to play on, gets up, and then he just sees Mares coming through one on one at him, and Mares just strikes the ball right at his face. Uh, yeah, so that uh, Mares is a good player, top top player. Yeah, uh, twenty one goals or something this season. In what all, comp- all competitions? No, uh, you're lying to me. No, when? no, no not that. Uh, all competitions. That's, that's when and where. Well, they've been playing in the League Cup and the FA Cup. And okay, yeah, no, I'm not counting all those then. He's been stat-padding. What, what, do you count your Club World Cup then? Yeah, absolutely. That's a major competition, Champions of the World. But I'm not counting <laughs> Riyad Mahrez goals against, like, some non-league team that he's played in the League Cup. Um, uh, I'm not counting them. Uh, he scored six goals in Champions League, two in the League Cup, two in... Three in the FA Cup and ten in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm taking loads of those out. Right. I want to. I need to watch them all back. So uh, I'm not. I'm not having that he scored twenty one goals this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fake stat for my for my money. If you want, if you want a good uh, story, um, you, you you should look up on the internet, listeners, about uh, Riyad Mahrez's trial at St Mirren in PSV. <laughs> That's uh, an all time one that he had before uh, Leicester. Yeah. Could you imagine him up on those 3G pitches in Scotland? Well, well certainly with 3G back then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd get way more than... Tw- well, I don't know, actually. I think he'd just get booted up there and fall out of love with the game. Yeah, he, he <laughs> pretty much almost did, yeah. 
But yeah, we'll go on to the other Super Sunday game. A great Super Sunday lineup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like we, we criticised it some weekends, but actually it turned out to be pretty good as Arsenal turned up the Watford. Well, that's because Emmanuel Golden Boot Dennis is on the pitch. Uh, you, you never know what's going to happen by him. Nearly got a goal a minute in, yeah. just offside, and you're thinking at that stage, you know, Arsenal like could be feeling it here, and then Arsenal go and score three of the best goals you'll see this season. Uh, yeah, they were very good. Yeah, I thought there was comments. Uh, so first goals, Odegaard set up by Saka, and then Saka scores after that in the thirtieth minute. But I found comments from Arteta interesting after the game. He was sort of asked about Saka and his progression since missing a penalty in the summer. <laughs> You know that he missed the penalty, but you have to applaud it. But he said this. He claimed that this was good for Saka's career. Uh, what the? Oh, you mean the Euros? Yeah, he he claimed that missing that penalty was good for Saka. Um, like, well, well, also scoring the penalty would have been good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I d- I just didn't get that at all from him. Yeah. No. Um. No. What? Watford are Watford are weird. I mean, like they've definitely improved since Roy's come in. In the sense that they're not like, I think before they were either like winning four three or losing six <laughs> nil, uh, but now they're like either losing one nil or drawing. Or probably three two. Enough, but yeah, yeah, three, two, yeah. Probably still not enough. But uh, they didn't have Sar or King in this game. Although you imagine how Pedro, I think, is actually quite good. Uh, yeah, I think Sar. I noticed he was out of the lineup. I reckon he's just one of these at this point where. He's like, yeah, we're back down. Get me over to Liverpool. Uh, maybe I don't know. Um, There's no way he cares about the rest of the season. The Watford, in my opinion. <laughs> well, well, he went, he went down with them. Um, I mean, I don't know the end. I know, yeah, but he did. But he, he'll not do that again. You, no, you, um, you get one of those with a player. You don't get two. I was, uh, I was thinking as well. I didn't realize, or I didn't really think about it at the time. Like, probably part of the reason they brought Roy in as well is because either way, Roy is actually really international. Because mm. he used to manage, you know, so he probably speaks all the languages of the of the squad. Well, yeah, and Roy now has his own favourites. Don't know if you've seen Roy biting back About after Danny the game. Rose, is this? No, it was who did he sub on? He subbed someone on K- late. Yeah, and the crowd booed him. The crowd what? were livid. Or no, not KMB, Kalu for cleverly. He brought this guy Kalu on, and the crowd booed him. And Roy in the interview afterwards, like what? bit back. I've I've no idea, but Roy was like, clearly the crowd have their favorites, but they're not the manager of this club. And he was like, if I were to put players on the pitch, you know, if I if I were to pick my uh, the players who are best in training, they'd all get booed. I'm like Roy, uh, you're in the job like three weeks, mate. <laughs> Uh, really isn't a good sign. I, really, like, I don't really get the booing. What, just because they love Tom Cleverly? Or what? Or what? Like, I, well, I, yeah, I don't know. Because they, they can't love Tom Cleverly, especially for that second goal where Saka <laughs> caught the well, guy. It, it wasn't great, but, but, he, but he is all right. He is all right. He's no, he, no, he isn't. No, Tom Cleverly has this weird reputation. Everyone thinks he's terrible because of yeah. like a couple of games at Man United under Moyes when he was like 21. Nah, guy stinks. <laughs> Fer- Fergie bluffed us into thinking this guy was a player. He, <laughs> He's all right. He's all he right. he had one season in the tablecloth top that United had <laughs> in the Premier League, yeah. and has bluffed his way to a career since. Oh, oh, oh that's so harsh. That's I'd love so to savage. I'd love to know how much he's on a week. I, I, oh, he was part of the Olympics team. He was one of those. Oh, see, yeah, he would have bluffed his way into that as well. 
Let's see. Tom Cleverley's salary and contract. I'd love to see if he's up. <laughs> he's probably on like 30 grand a week. I would say for 30, 40 grand a week. What? 2.6 mil a year, apparently. What's that? Um, that is 50 grand a week. That is a disgrace. 50,000 pounds a week for I, that? No. I don't think, I don't think he's as bad as... No, I'm not having that. He must have the best agent in the game. Him and Fraser Forster. I learnt last Fraser week... Fraser Forster? I learnt last week Fraser Forster's on £90,000 a week. Fraser, Fraser Forster <laughs> also turned down to go back to Celtic whenever he was like the third choice keeper at Southampton. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd sit wherever... Like, you could put me as a training cone because uh, that's, what he, that's what he effectively signed himself up to for £90,000 a week. Um, yeah, that is a bit, that is a bit much, to be fair. But yeah, we'll get back to the Arsenal because I feel bad because I've not actually praised them. Okay. Uh, but they're, they're, they're good. They're, they're a good team. Yeah. I think they're better than good. I think we've been I, sleeping on them for a bit here. I, no, I, I personally haven't. I because at times, like, yeah, but at times yesterday it was liquid football. That first <laughs> up, the Odegaard goal. Oh, sensation. That was a proper Arsenal goal. And even. But, I yeah, love but, here, but here's the thing, right? Does. does is he allowed to give the ball? Is Arteta allowed to give the ball in the throwing? Oh, well, yeah, I won't bring that up. <laughs> like, is, is that allowed? Is that legit? I don't know, but my favorite thing about that is it ended up on Ref Watch this morning on Sky Sports News. Like they had Dermot Gallagher analyze that. Yeah. That, ridic- that ridiculous post career job that the referees have. <laughs> that he just turns up Monday morning every uh, eleven o'clock every Monday. Just being him and Rob dissecting the weekend. Honestly, that is that is a scandal. They get paid for that. <laughs> well, Dermot Dur- seemed to think it was okay. He was like, the ju- uh, the technical error is policed by the fourth official, and at that point, the Did fourth officials job. clearly seen him as a ball boy. Right. Okay. So so that so therefore it's fine. So yeah, rather than being paid money for managing Arteta's not a ball boy. Right. Um, but I, I had no issue with it. It's one of those. Ugh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, well, who was the earlier? Because well, well, here's the thing: like, are Watford at a disadvantage then? Because Roy's not doing that at seventy four. That's that's their own problem. That's he's he's not running down the, the pitch. <laughs> you know, getting the ball. Roy barely turns up the training for nine a.m. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He needs woken up, and then four o'clock comes around. He has to go home because countdown's on, <laughs> or whatever time of day that's on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even the third goal whenever Arsenal scored Martinelli scored and even I sat there being like is this guy generational no I bet, I, I, I'm starting to buy in Chris no he's, he's alright yeah. I really I really am and before the game uh, they had whoever was in the studio and then Alan Smith commentating and he was going on about Lacazette not scoring enough goals I'm sorry Alan Lacazette I don't care. Does Alan Smith understand football? Yeah, because the way Lacazette's playing with that armband, he doesn't need to score goals. The guy's been on. I don't know. I don't know what club he's looking for after Arsenal. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he's like not. Yeah, what, what but his plan is, yeah. this guy's playing like a main eventer at the moment. No, he is. <laughs> he is. Like I've been such a fan, but yeah, that brought Arsenal fourth, one point ahead of United, three games in hand over them. I I think it's comfy for them now. Listen, listen, like I don't know, I don't know. You just can't trust the games in hand. Like I just, but like, it's not even that. It's the fact that they're ahead with those games. You know that is a lot of games. But they, like they, they play Leicester next week. 
Nah, don't rate Leicester. They play Liverpool after, they'll lose that. Play Gerrard after that. Nah, no, I can't see Gerrard doing a number of them. And then April, Palace, Brighton, Southampton. Yeah, those are, yeah. Well, that West Ham Arsenal game on the 30th of April, that'll be, and well, I might get before that. that that'll, those two matches will probably define the top four. Yeah, they probably will, but I reckon West Ham will be out of it by then. I was, I was so, why, why, why would we ever be in it? I was so unimpressed. Well, we'll jump into them now. It was West I was, Ham. I was so unimpressed with West Ham on Saturday night. Or did you watch the same match? Yeah, and I, I want to call someone out because I think someone in your squad is a massive fraud. Mikel Antonio. Uh, that's absolutely ludicrous. That, that, that guy needs to wise up. The way he carries himself on, like a man, he gets on as though he's a world beater. Uh, since the third you know what he's got away with first three weeks of the season first game goal two assists second game two goals and assist um, third game a goal and assist see since then he's done nothing in response to this Billy is Timo Werner a good striker no why because well he's currently not starting he's also a winger but also doesn't score enough goals Uh, he's not a good striker but he's a trophy winner that's what I'll say about Timo um, but but Mikel Antonio since that third week of the season has stunk. Um, you see, you see in the goals four column in the table, see the way it says forty six, and that is more than Man United and Arsenal, ten more than Spurs. There there is a reason for that. Well, that M- Manchester United, Manchester United, there who we've already spoken about, who every striker wants to leave and none want to play. Arsenal, who have let one go and everyone else is going out on co- out of contract in this summer. Spurs, whose striker wanted to leave in the summer. I'm not. I can't compare. Mikel, Mikel Antonio. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. He has not uh, scored enough goals, and that has been made up because West Ham have the best, I think, goals shared by the rest of the team. If you know what I mean, and done the rest of the Premier League as in like most players have scored. It's like eighteen different scores or something, uh, but. Antonio's hold-up play is the oh, best in the Premier League. Oh, phenomenal! The guy, uh, honestly, the guy gets on as though he should be winning the Ballon d'Or. That celebrate, and it's it's honestly coming from those celebrations earlier in the year whenever he had that stupid cardboard cutout. The guy gets on <laughs> as though he's a top top player, and he's done nothing since week three. That is absolute nonsense. He's done nothing since, and he's you, played every game. That that is nonsense. That he's, he's done nothing. He's he, done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, do you think we just score goals out of nothing with from uh, the other players? He he's clearly not doing it. He just runs about and barges into people. If you want to do, I go play rugby. <laughs> it'd be more of you, it'd be more use. You're, it's it's difficult to comprehend how wrong you are. But that but that that is that is he, he, right. has, he has done nothing. First of all, right in this game, we didn't have Declan Rice, which I thought, why right, we're gonna lose. Um but, Yeah, I thought you were gonna get tanked because but, of that. Um but we actually played really well and created more chances than anyone else has at Anfield this season. So I was encouraged by that. Now we didn't take them like Mr. Lanzini, etc. Um, oh Ma- Ma- Mancini's miss he's match fixing. It it wasn't a good it wasn't a good to, miss. to miss that it, chance. It wasn't a good miss. But uh, I considering we didn't have a race and Mark Noble came on had an unbelievable game in the swan song of his last couple of weeks his ball to Antonio with the outside of the foot unbelievable and what uh, Antonio do with was, it was beautiful <laughs> was beautiful uh, but yeah I I am still optimistic that we are in a top based on that performance I am 
uh, optimistic still about our chances of being competitive for top four. You know what you sounded like to me there, Chris? <laughs> what? You sounded like a Brighton apologist. Oh, we played well, we created chances at Anfield more than anyone else. Uh... Uh, the, dif- the difference between that <laughs> and Brighton and Hove Albion is that we actually win matches and they don't. I, I thought there was a point early on in this game where West Ham gave away a free kick at Liverpool's end, so Trent took it, and Trent took it quickly to Salah. I think this was two or three minutes in, Salah was one-on-one yeah, with the keeper. Yeah. And I, I thought West Ham were in trouble here. I genuinely thought this was going to be five or six, no, so to be uh, fair, to keep it to the score they did. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah. But that, you, Craig Dawson's had an unbelievable season. Uh, Fabianski at 36, coming 37 in April, is having an unbelievable season uh, in Nets. And yeah, that like we're, we're not, we're, we're still, you know, we're in every game we're playing. Fair. I'll learn Mikel Antonio, who just runs into people. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, yeah, no, it is hard to explain how wrong you are, but, uh, I, but I, that, I, is, that is okay. I, I think the guy stinks. I think we need, he needs called out on it. Um. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about Liverpool because I can hear the gears running with you. <sighs> but with Liverpool, I think they've made such a signing in Luis Diaz. I'm a massive fan of the guy. And I think the reason I'm a massive fan of the guy is, one, he's like unbelievably quick and every pass he does is no look. But also because there's something about him where I watch him be like, this guy could score three every game he plays. But also because of the way he gets on, I'm convinced one day he's going to kick someone in the head or something. There's a bit of loose cannon about him. Um, did did we talk last week about the fact that apparently David Moyes had him like almost signed at West Ham before Liverpool? Like That was, that was the extra kind of layer to Spurs almost signing him. It's Moyes about to become one of these Wenger managers where he just talks about all the players he didn't sign. Well, you, know why, you know why like Harry Redknapp like sells out arenas doing that now? He's just like, oh, I remember the one time well, I stopped in a hotel room with Eden Hazard? To be fair, I think it makes Spurs look even worse. The fact that not only did Liverpool snatch Luis Diaz out of Spurs' hands, but in fact it was almost West Ham. That would have been a disgrace. Like Spurs would have had to have folded if that's the case. <laughs> Well, that, that's part of the shot. Mm. That's what the said. Yeah. yeah, and also shout out Diaz because the way he's playing at the moment is making up for how bad Bruno Fernandes is. And I need players from the Portuguese league to keep playing well, just to keep them high up, to keep my power rankings looking sensible. I, I, I don't think it'll be any worries about keeping those power rankings the same, to be honest. <laughs> SPL's growing higher. Uh, <laughs> one other point from this is, not even from this game, uh, no cup run this year, Chris, in the FA Cup? I was disappointed. Uh, I was genuinely disappointed. Uh, Southampton did us, basically. Did they cheat? Because obviously I don't watch West I'm not watching West Ham, <laughs> Southampton, the FA Cup, but did Ralph cheat? Um, no, they, they, they genuinely played. And Ward Price had a penalty, which he was never going to miss. And this left back, Perot, they've got scored now with Screamer and Broha was playing. Oh, I was. I mean, Willie Caballero was awful, but and we couldn't make the most. Did he of play it. brilliant? Yeah, they <laughs> almost conceded a couple. No, it's disappointing as well because we played like the the best team possible, basically. So yeah, uh, but we still got Europa League back on Thursday, Thursday night, Sevilla. 
I've already told you, Chris, that's the worst draw ever. Sevilla. Being, yeah, they live for it. Sevilla, it's going to be, it's going to be great, yeah. yeah. Their attitude towards that competition is life or death. Uh, it is, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bowen's not playing, uh, Rice hopefully will be playing. So, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, best of luck to the Sevilla centre-backs whenever Mikel Antonio runs into them. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be able to handle them. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, the other way around for Southampton is they beat West Ham in the week in the FA Cup and then go on to get tanked by Villa. It's a classic uh, Southampton. Continue. Yeah, it's a classic Southampton performance. Yeah. There was a point whenever I seen 4-0 pop up at 54 minutes and I went, here we go. It's horrendous knowing Southampton being like, here we go, here's the nine. Uh, yeah, and Dings had an absolute stormer and sort of continue. D- Dings and Watkins could play together, which oh, they, is interesting. They did, they did indeed, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm loving... And he's not going to be this good in every game, but continues doing this thing he used to do at Liverpool where he'd have a quiet three games and then like run a team ragged. And to watch his assist for the Douglas Louise goal... Oh, yeah. I've missed that. So yeah. I have just yeah. that lovely, gentle touch. And for the pre-assist to come from Callum Chambers with an outside of the right foot pass over to the fence, yeah. continue to drop it in. Like Whenever he went to Barcelona, you'd never think a goal like this would have happened. No. There's a couple of players that are getting unlucky, kind of overlooked. It's Villa, like Bertrand Shaw, right? Can't get a game at the minute. Um, Legend. Uh, Leon Bailey can't really get a game. Yeah, that's an interesting one, actually. Yeah, um, he signed for big money in the summer as well. And Morgan Sanson, who they signed last year from Marseille, I think, who plays for France sometimes. Yeah, can't get a game either. Um, so there's a couple of big names. Just yeah, I don't, Buen- I don't know how he's managing that. Buendia in there as well. You know, it's yeah. Well, he also whenever he's up at Rangers, you know, he had to deal with big names and having to leave them on the bench. You know. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I say it like I have a clue. I really don't. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, chat about Jeannie Wijnaldum being the latest person who they want to to bring. Stephen Gerrard is the biggest <laughs> job for the boys man- manager ever um, to even think about Wijnaldum. There's no way Wijnaldum. He's going to be on such a way to PSG. Well, apparently he apparently he's had an absolute nightmare at PSG. I, I haven't really kept in touch with it, but apparently he doesn't really he doesn't really. Doesn't really work for whatever reason. Well, yeah, because there's this weird curse, and it's so impressive that players think leaving Liverpool the grass is greener, and it never is. No, you know, well, in the same same game, we're talking Felipe Coutinho went there 150 million. Yeah, stunk. Uh, and and that was all because Barcelona, in their absolute desperation, to sign a replacement for Neymar, uh, horrendously overpaid for Coutinho. I just completely built up a Liverpool monster machine. Yes, essentially. But yeah, I, I just think it's... <laughs> the back four for Southampton, I think, is interesting because, as you, you might... say, like d- during the week, it was a weird crop, but that got left back. Perod? Perod? I think it looks very good. Not for me. Stevens beside him? Not for me. Well, there's, well, well Stevens is... Stevens and Bednarek have been there for years, and they're absolutely buying average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, but I love it. like 
I just think that guy Walker, that guy Walker Peters must be kicking himself as well. He had a few good games whilst Livermento was out, and now he's just completely out of the team. Well, sometimes, well, sometimes he plays like a left back as well. But but you no, know, I I think that guy Peru is really under the radar, good, but and people will start to notice soon. But they haven't as of yet. Not for me, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Uh, I also love that that guy El Yanusi is playing for Southampton. He's having a phenomenal season. He's an all-time just journeyman. Well, he was on at Celtic for two years. <laughs> so, uh, two years. Just a complete journeyman of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> going to Chelsea Burnley. Uh, my main takeaway from this game is Burnley deserve to go down. They were brutal. Uh, no, they were, but um, brutal. They were, but uh, was it as brutal as the Chelsea fans singing Roman Abramovich during the first couple of hours for Ukraine? I mean, I'm not about that. I also, <laughs> I also, I'm not defending it in any way. But I just thought so funny that Gary Lineker took time out of match of the day to add that in. Well, but yeah, no mention of Liverpool fans pre-game last weekend. But what, what again, they, what are they doing? Yeah, they know what they did. Uh, what, you know what they did? I don't. What is it? You, you messaged about them booing the national anthem. But oh, sure. oh, indeed. Yes, but sure, I, that's you know. That, that, yeah, because I when I said that, I genuinely didn't know what was going on there. I was like, why are they? What are they booing the national anthem for? But yeah, there was no mention of that match either. But sure. Uh, but yeah, complete. What one thing I did think from that, and it's the reason I noticed a lot of it around Turf Moor actually is they because they obviously put up their. Ukraine stuff. They've invested a lot in screens at Turf Moor. They're a double <laughs> advertising. Sh- oh no, they're not. They're a double advertising club. Ah, oh, come on. And even where the managers sit in their dugouts, there's a screen there that like has For a. What? It's like literally a square screen, and it just shows Burnley on one side, a diagonal line across, and then who they're playing, and then like a graphic that goes throughout the game. And uh, there's no way Dyche said yes to that. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, uh, and yeah, Reese James obviously makes a massive, massive difference. Yeah, the guys made me miss both him and Ben Chilwell so much. Like, no, what, we, I'm we, about, we what I'm not stunk. about, Bailey, what I'm not about at all is people are like, oh, well, you know, if you had Chilwell and James, obviously they'd be winning the league. No, yeah. come on. It's what? not that simple. Well, it's the same thing as last season. The Ripple fans were like Van Dyke and Matip. You know, we're, we've missed two key players who provide a lot going forward and a lot defensively. It's quite a step to be like, we would win the league. I'm not saying we would win it, but what are we now? We're 10 points off Liverpool with a game in hand. So say say we even draw that nine points. I think Reese James and Chilwell are nine points of difference, what they've missed. we like You have to remember, between December and January, we stunk. We yeah. couldn't win a game. We couldn't buy three points. Well, yeah. I'm not saying we'd win the league, but we wouldn't be ten points back. Was uh, what was uh, I thought it was quite funny, Billy, that uh, Kennedy was on the bench uh, for, uh, for Chelsea. You... Kennedy's got on the bench a few times recently. For, uh, Mar- Marcus Lund call, called back from like his loan or something. Yeah, yeah, he's called back because we needed just another bloke at left back. Um, at the moment we're struggling because Marcus Lonzo. Yeah, well, Marcus Lonzo's sick. Apparently he's got COVID, so right. he's out for a bit. So yeah, we just need Kennedy on the bench just to make up numbers, basically. Uh, yeah, that was really annoying about Alonso because there was a lot of double game week action this week. Um... Trying to pick it up. Oh, I actually speaking of double, 
I, I overthought myself this weekend, Chris, on the right. double game week. I, I looked through the team and I saw the fixtures they had and I gave my captaincy to Tino Livermento. Do, do you know who I gave it to? Go. Fabian Scher. <laughs> and it was, a, it, was, it was an inspired... <laughs> it, was, it, it was just one of those weeks where you're like, I have to do something a bit creative just to, <laughs> just to mix it up because every other week you just put put out a salad. No, I, I genuinely backed myself in the shower one. Because they were playing Brighton, and then I can't remember the other game. It's like Norwich or something. Mm. No, I thought I thought Tino may have done an assist or something. Not concede four goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and interesting the Chelsea game. There's, I, I think there's a few Burnley players who are Chelsea fans. Um, <laughs> I think Nick Pope has to be a massive Chelsea fan. <laughs> this is a few seasons now. He's led on a few easy ones against us. Like, oh, to not even dive for the Kai Havertz header. I thought that looked too easy. Right, right. I also thought the guy Collins. I thought he stunk. I think I think he is a good player. Um, mm, no, not for me. He's a Tarko- um, Tarkovsky. I reckon he's a Chelsea fan because he just straight he just straight up passed the ball to Pulisic for the fourth. Why he did it's not a bad game, yeah. No, uh, your man Collins was at um, Stoke with Michael O'Neill. Um, that's where he was playing before. He's only like twenty. Big, was he big lad? Was he bought by Burnley or is he on? Yeah. Yeah. That's some poor recruitment for Deitch, which is weird. Oh, it's, uh, he's, he's 20? Yeah, he's brutal. <laughs> he's, he's, well, it's one game. Uh, does it, I've, that's all I need on a player sometimes. <laughs> right, right, okay. Watch him up against Kai Havertz. And Kai Havertz hasn't been on great form this year. But to watch, and it wasn't even a quick ball in. There wasn't a lot of pace on from Pulisic. But to watch that go by you, nah, not for me, this guy. No, it was uh, yeah, no, it was rough. And then on the right hand side, Roberts and Aaron Lennon. They're up against Soil and couldn't do anything. Aaron Lennon had one run in behind Soil, who clearly just still had a midfielder brain in his head. Yeah, it's an odd one at left back. Uh, so, uh, oh, right, so sorry. So do you have no money or what's happening? I have no idea what's happening in the club. I I'm paying no attention to it because interesting. The just the way like Twitter and the media work. You know, buying a football club's not an overnight thing. It's not like something Fabrizio can just go, here we go on. So I'm just like, I'm distancing myself from it. Roman's trying to sell, I think, apparently he's put a deadline on the 15th of March. But I I have no idea what's, I've no clue. The only mm. person I know who's in the running, because a few, apparently he's not selling the people from certain countries, which is interesting. Uh, Mm. I, I can't remember which countries they are but the only guy I know who's in is some guy Bowley who owns the LA Dodgers and DraftKings that? that uh, that's baseball. baseball other than that I'm I'm trying to pay no attention to it I, I think this is a turning moment though because I think that no longer and I think if, New, if Saudi Arabia and Newcastle happens post Ukraine I don't think it goes through I think this is a turning point for like money in the Premier League because for thirty years we've just been like, oh yeah, come on in, like mm. show us the cash, you know." Well, sure, Saudi Arabia and Newcastle wasn't supposed to happen after the murdering of a journalist, but it, sure. Um, it was Bam. so funny that China banned the Premier League. Oh, um, that was so funny. And because because of the solidarity with the people of Ukraine, you know that sovereign state that has been invaded by another country. Uh, so so it's great because they can watch their Chinese Super League and watch Marwan Fellaini. They could also they could also watch La Liga at the weekend. 
because apparently La Liga didn't bother. Apparently La Liga were like, oh, yeah, right. you, you, okay. they were like, yeah, you can cut our bit out, but you can focus on the football. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, obviously according to China, yeah, um, supporting Ukraine is is terrible. So yeah. <laughs> Well, I I love that like people who get in the football and like the prim- you know the higher ups in the Premier League like they just think they're in a a cushy job you know sorting out players and managers not getting involved in geopolitics. Uh, but but I, I was I was thinking this again because remember I remember talking with Zuma and I was like you know when your world sorry my world in politics and work merges with football hmm. and I'm like oh, that, that, that's literally the reason why we're watching football now it's like almost inextricably linked. I, I, like my my player Yarmolenko has gone to the border to like mm. get his family. He's calling out like all the Russian players like Zuba to like call out the and I'm I'm like like uh, you know <laughs> it's all like, it's all just completely linked now. Yeah, and it, it's mental what's happening at a game that way and you know like the way they've done the thing before a game, captain's armbands are now Ukrainian flags. Oh wow! So that's all. Yeah, it, there's no way it can't be linked at this point. And you know, every every time you see thing, who do you call Sinchenko? You have to applaud him now. But did you did you see or did you hear about Yarmolenko's Instagram thing? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, of course, it, I don't know he, about Yarmolenko. <laughs> He basically he put up this video. It was in Ukrainian, but it was or Russian or whatever. But he put up this video like, like and tagged all the Russian national team players in it. Brilliant. Um, of like you know you need to call this out whatever. And you know Zuba, um, who's like he's an unbelievable striker. Um, you know the Russian the big the big lad for Zenit. Yeah, yeah, one of the Russian twenty sixteen. 2016 team who definitely weren't on steroids. I <laughs> you talking about the World Cup? Yeah. Oh, right, 2018. Yeah. 2018, so yeah, I'm all over it. 2016, yeah. it was just Russians beating Englishmen in <laughs> France, yeah. wasn't it? That yeah. 2018 were definitely on something. They <laughs> they were never that good to get that far in a tournament. No, no. So that needs to look into. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even know how to move on from that, but we will. Elsewhere, Leeds and Leicester, we got our first taste of Jesse Marsh. Chris, what was your take? Uh, strong dress i would say jeans uh well well i was more the top layer really jeans in the premier league oh like so basically you know what they were saying on they're saying oh he's the third american manager but i was like after i was like sure it's just bob bradley but then so you know you're your man at huddersfield david wagner yeah he played for america did you know i'm not i'm not no he's not kind (laughs) yeah but the commentators that you're like oh i don't think like Jesse Marsh apparently said that he he does think there is a stigma towards American managers in the Premier League, and then the commentator was like, "Yeah, Ted Lasso probably hasn't helped with that." Yeah, it is a hundred percent that, and it's awful. And Bob I, Bradley like has has set like, yeah. American coaches back so much because of the job he did. Like he was the first one in, and was awful. Like I don't know what Swansea were doing at that stage, but like I mean, at the very least, like Jesse Marsh has cred. Yeah, because like, he's just been drinking Red Bull Energy cans for five <laughs> years. But it was very interesting that, like, you know, they immediately ditched the Bielsa tactics. Um, no, they're still lost. But there, yeah, there's still a bit of that DNA in there from watching. But, yeah. There I mean, is still that. Yeah. yeah, there is still that kind of progressive football <laughs> style, which I think Marsh is trying to bring in as yeah. well. There is still that, but there is still a lot of 
missing chances. Casper Schmeichel had a very good game. Even though, like, look at the XG. Mm. Uh, Leicester had 0.35 and Leeds had 2.14. Mm. So I think he and he, you know what Marsh is like. He's a Bundesliga hipster. It's quite it's quite funny as well how like Leeds fans are dissecting Marsh. Yeah, because, what what are they saying? Yeah. Well, as I've told you before, my younger brother is a big Leeds fan and he hates the guy purely because he isn't Bielsa. <laughs> I mean, that's... and that's that's it. That's the only reason. He also <laughs> apparently Marsh will never refer to the game as soccer. I just, like, apparently made a big point of this during the week well we probably never call it soccer in um, Germany or Austria <laughs> to be fair <laughs> also 48 Billy he's looking well he's looking no way is he 48 he's 48 yeah, yeah. I thought he's definitely one of these like mid 30s guys no no F- 48 <laughs> pushing he's, for a Bundesliga hipster monitor he's past it I, I, I'm just fascinated as well because like his entire career was in the MLS like he, like, he, he never um uh, two appearances for America, and you know, like never played in Europe. I'm I'm just really interested how, because obviously it was in New York Red Bulls that was where it mm. finished. But like, I'm just interested how he became that kind of level from the MLS because that is really unusual for that. From what do you call what do you call the owner of Red Bull? They trick something. I, I he's got dirt on him or something. There's something <laughs> fishy going on there. Yeah. So I I agree for yeah. I'd love to look at his LinkedIn. Well, indeed. Yeah. Speaking of LinkedIn, I messaged the translator. Uh, so, so yes, update on that. Uh, he accepted my. So we're now we're now connections on LinkedIn. Yeah. Me, me and the, did, I, I I did the same thing. Did he Did he respond to you? No. What did you say, <laughs> what, what did you say to him? I just invited him on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you should say his name. I've actually. Andres. Oh, Andres. Yeah, Andres. Yeah, I, I sent him. A, I thought it was a very polite message. Yeah. Said, you know, come on, we're not a serious podcaster. No reply. Did he read it? I've no idea. Cause we, I, think, I think you can't tell. I don't know if you read or not. But... He, he probably hasn't, but he's been on it plenty because I've seen the green dot. Well, he accepted... <laughs> he, he also accepted my um, requ- like thing like hours later, you know, on the same day. Yeah, yeah, he's quick about it. Yeah, he's on it all the time. But I think he... Uh, I think he... he like it has left leads. I think that is the chat. And I was also there's also a tweet. I don't know whether you saw this tweet going around. He basically his job before Leeds was like a French league, like Ligue 1 analyst. Oh really? And there's a tweet from 2014 going around where he tweets, "Big fan of SC Cannes in Godo County. I think he is good enough yeah. for any team in the league, par PSG." Did see that. To be fair to Andres, great spot. Yeah. Fair, fair play to the guy but again I wonder like yes that's one tweet but I wonder if you go back like how many like how many players was he doing that about like was he doing well, like uh, is there a tweet around the same time where he's going Tom Cleverley at Manchester United what a player you know well yeah you know is there one from often from like 2016 where he's like this Mikhail Antonio lad could play striker instead of right back get him <laughs> you know yeah. the hits and misses I, I just want the sort out. I think uh, I think it's a bit over the top, like the London Evening Standard. Leeds United fans heartbroken as Marcel Bielsa translator Andreas Clevijo leaves the club. I don't know if they're heartbroken, to be honest, but yeah, I think they're probably yeah. a little bit sad. But 
Yeah, I don't. I don't want to slag him off too much in case he ever does come on. In no, case he actually ever does, like in case oh, he's got no, thousands of these messages. I've, I've just, I just said he called out Kante before <laughs> Leicester signing. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, right, just before in the mud, Billy, because we're not going to go into it in detail. Um, no. Newcastle two, Brighton one. Like, you know, how funny is that? A, a game where I was like. I couldn't care less about either of these clubs at this point in the season. Well, They're both now, for me, on the beach teams. Well, Brighton, can I just uh, affirm what is going on with Brighton in the minute? So <laughs> they continue, they haven't won a game, it's now close at home in six months, it's nearly now. They scored one goal in four games, mm. and they're on the worst form they have, quote, ever been in the Premier League, as in four losses in a row. And Micah Richards, on match of the day, direct Damn. quote, said, it's not great. But they've done well. They're just going through a bit of a blip. <laughs> Worst form they've ever been in the Premier League. And they've lost to Newcastle, who they sold Dan Byrne two, three weeks ago. Right. My, my favourite thing about all of this is I got this message from you last night. Yes. At 42 minutes past six, a time which was just after the Manchester derby that the entire footballing world was focused on and you were like getting into Brighton Newcastle <laughs> and listen, seething. Listen, I have to play catch up, you know. <laughs> I know, but the rest of the footballing world's like just watching Roy Keane have a meltdown. Well, and you're <laughs> and you're getting stuck in the Newcastle. Do you know actually what it was? It was when City scored the third one. I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> okay. anyway, like, Let's yeah. catch up on last night's action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great goal from Cher. Um yeah, there we go. Fantastic for the thing yeah for the fantasy yeah. points but yeah we'll quickly very quick in the mud because there's a lot <laughs> i was telling chris before this podcast there was two topics i wanted to bring up and both of them was like ah, i don't really want to dig into them one was mainly about john terry but the other is about celtic and rangers which is always a light topic oh why but yeah this weekend uh this week's in the mud is the old firm because yeah. for the first time the old firm is going to be played outside of Scotland. It's going global. As Rangers and Celtic will be playing each other this November in Australia. Uh, <laughs> and it set off Rangers fans and Rangers men, particularly Chris Boyd, who has, has said the sooner someone at Rangers or Celtic realises that and cancels this brainless idea for a, quote, friendly in Sydney, the better. Why is it so bad? Because, well, I think from the Rangers' perspective... So, so, uh, so this is during the World Cup? This is just before the World Cup, yeah. Right. I believe, uh, because obviously... So, 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 the, so some of the players won't actually be there because they'll be out of the World Cup? Uh, you look at, it depends if Scotland go, but... Who, 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 by the way, are playing Ukraine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hila <laughs> hilarious predicament for the Scottish FA. That it's... <laughs> That is the yeah. biggest lose lose <laughs> the Scottish FA <laughs> can yeah. encounter. Yeah. yeah. But the reason why this is so controversial from the Rangers side is because it's not at all from the Celtic side. They've set up a big Ange homecoming tour, basically, where they're just going around Ange's ho like, home nation and making a fortune, from what I've been told. But surely both of them make a fortune. But that, and that's the reason why, well, because, well, like... because they've clearly worked it out that, you know, selling an old firm game first outside of Scotland is obviously a massive deal and Tom Rogic one of Celtic's main players mm. is Australian as well so Rangers have basically said you know what they're making all that money why shouldn't we because from what I know is all of Scottish football is skint um, so they, they, yeah. they've had they've had they agreed to it, but the, the fans are seething 
because why on earth would you stoop down the, the other team's level? You know, why would you agree to their thing? Let's have our own thing. I, I, just so, so zero sum, isn't it? I, I just like, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand why this exercise is exercising people so much. I, yeah, I, I, I completely agree, but it's that thing. And it's the reason why I said to you before, it's like, I don't really want to get into it because I don't care. I don't think most people should around, you know, the, if you look, whenever this was announced, the comments on the, like the Celtic post, it was all positive. It was like brilliant revenue coming to the club. Yeah. The Australian fans get the watches, fantastic, all this. And then there was a bunch below that of them all taking the piss out of Rangers. But <laughs> if you go into the Rangers one, it is the most sectarian bile but ever. Like, like, I genuinely think, like, I'm not saying this because I'm I genuinely think the Scottish Premiership is becoming better. Like, I, I think it's becoming a more marketable product. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I don't see how this is, like, anything but good for, for like, the kind of world exposure. Because, as I, we know, I, better than the Bundesliga. I completely agree, you know, especially down under, you're going to have a, like a load of expats who yeah. won't have watched their club live for years. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I'd... Get them down there, make yeah. a few quid. Turn off. Yeah. But yeah, if you look underneath like Rangers post recently, it's they're, they're asking the board to resign. There's a, lot of that. There's a lot of that going on, you know. It's like this, you know, what is essentially a friendly because during World Cup time, resign. Like, it's like these boys should on. resign. For trying to make the club a few quid. Oh, dear. I, I think I genuinely think there'll be quite a lot of players not there because the world. I think they do have quite a lot of international players. Like it's not. Yeah. Players. Again, all, all depends on how FIFA police the qualifier between Scotland and Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Ukraine are a better team than Scotland. I don't know. No. Scotland. You know, a couple of good. No, they are. You know, if they have two left backs. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, yeah. they, they, they've Che Adams, you know. Indeed. Yeah. You know, it's one of I, I do, I really, I think that's going to be, again, if you sign up to FIFA, you know, you've all these guys who clearly go on the FIFA for a cushy job. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're having to work out <laughs> how do we police this international playoff game yeah. for the best resolution. And no matter what they do, Scotland are getting messed about. Yeah. First time in forever going to a World Cup and it's lose lose. Yeah. I'd fair play to Andrew Postacoglu. He's done a he's done a good job at Celtic. Except for the hilarious, hilarious loss to Bodo Glimt in the Europa Conference. Here. Bodo Glimt, what a team. Listen, honestly, I, I like I, I actually laughed at I was watching the highlights of the European stuff and I laughed because in the commentary because because this team Bodo Glimt like their league season's not it's over because it's the winter in Norway, right. so they play it in the summer. So they they haven't played competitive football. <laughs> and all the commentators are like, when they scored the first goal, they were like, oh, you know, they've just got Celtic of just the, the, you know, that's a, that's a warning, you know, like. And I'm like, this team beat Roma six one, bit of respect, <laughs> and then they got smacked by them. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Tell you, Brooklyn. What a side. Great club, yeah. What a side. But yeah, that'll wrap us up nicely for the week. Uh, I'm not going to ask you your final thoughts, Chris, because I need to go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're well and truly in the mix of it, so we'll see everyone this time next week. Thanks very much for listening. Yeah.